Hi, Gateway Church Dartford here. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. We trust that what you hear will be a blessing and an encouragement to your journey. Pretty sweet. So, Agnes, I think you've probably gathered by now the theme of today. And I just want to talk for a short while. And then I'm going to do something a little bit different. So, when we think of what's going on today, what, what, what comes up in our minds? What comes up in our minds? Let's, let's be honest. When we wake up in the morning and we turn the telly on, what's on the telly? Anyone? What's on the telly? The news. And uh, I feel like inviting my mum up right now because she's like the world's number one news enthusiast. She lives by the news. She, 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 she's got it on all the time. Yeah, Sky News fan, news, BBC News 24. And uh, how do we feel when we watch the news these days? Yeah, we do, don't we? There's like, you know, there's, let's have a look at some of the headlines. I wasn't going to depress you all by putting headlines up there. I think we've seen enough of them, haven't we? Yeah, but just to recap, who can forget the pandemic? That's that, we're not going to forget that in a hurry, are we? Uh, the economy crash. Rising food prices. That affects us all, doesn't it? Rising fuel, gas and electricity prices. Yeah, could make you worried, couldn't it? So that's what the headlines say. So I want to look at what God says. What God says in his word. And first of all, I want to refer to Matthew 6.33. Who knows what Matthew 6.33 says? No, that's coming later. No, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Amen? So we seek first his kingdom. So that means we put God first. When we put God first in our lives, and we don't put anything before him, which is very easy to do, When we put him first in our lives, we know that his word says, and all these things will be given to you. He will supply your needs. That's our key, isn't it? That's our key. Now, it's not always as simple as that, is it? You know, sometimes God takes us through trials. Sometimes, you know, it's an exercise of faith. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I just want to share a couple more scriptures with you. 2 Corinthians 9 to 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So these might seem like a few too many scriptures, but faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen? And we want to grow our faith. And our faith, our faith grows when we read and learn the scriptures. These are God's truths. This is the report of the Lord that we choose to believe over the report of the news. Amen? So, another one. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old. This is David talking in the Psalms. Yet I have never seen the righteous, those in right standing with God, abandoned, or his descendants pleading for bread. So when we know the Lord, when we're saved by him, the Bible says that we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So this includes us. Amen. Philippians 4, that's what you were referring to, mum. 
And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We know he can do anything. We know that there is nothing impossible for him. And in a moment, we're going to hear some testimonies about how God has come through. How God has sometimes come through at the last minute. Sometimes he tests our faith till that very last moment. But he does supply and then let's refer back to the song that my daughter sang earlier, Jaira, my, my daughter. Um, Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow nor reap, yet gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth more than they are? Amen. So we look at the flowers. Aren't they pretty, the flowers we see that God has designed? And they're beautiful, and God takes care of them. But we matter more to him. Amen? So he's going to take care of us better. And um, Philippians 4, 4 to 7 is, is, well, Philippians 4 is a chapter that I refer to very often. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. We give thanks. That's what we've done today. We've rejoiced. We've given thanks. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all that the Lord is near Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I know I'm talking to someone today, maybe more than one. I'm just going to repeat that bit. Do not be anxious about anything. So we thank him again. Present your request to God, and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So we thank God. There's a recipe there. There's a recipe for what we need to do. We thank God. We praise him. We tell him what we need, and then we trust him. We've given it over to him, and then he gives us a peace that you can't get from any bill. You can't get it from any drink. You can't get it from any therapy. You can only get it from God. This is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. We can't understand it. And that is yours today if you just do this. If you thank him, you praise him, you tell him what you need, you trust him, and then he sends this peace. Amen? So I want that to encourage you today. There is nothing too difficult for him. There is nothing impossible for him. He can do anything. He is the God that parted the sea so that the Israelites could escape from Egypt into the promised land. He's the one that turned water into wine. He's the one that two loaves, two fishes, and he made that spread all around. So how many people, we say the 5,000, but it was more. How many was it? I think it was 20,000, 15,000, something like that. If you read it carefully, then it tells you it's not just 5,000. So wow, can you imagine that? Can you imagine being there that day? And there's Jesus And there's all these people, a little boy comes along with his packed lunch, two loaves, two fishes, and then that that stretches around all these people, and there's leftovers. That blow your mind, huh? Blow your mind. So, and all the healings that you see in the Bible, people being, Lazarus being brought back from the dead, the God that did those miracles then, he's the same God today. He's the same God. He can do any miracle. Whatever your need is, he can deal with it. He can supply. So let's move on to some testimonies. I want to give one of my own first. Years ago, we really, really weren't very, we had no money whatsoever. Uh, Chris gets a bit depressed when we remember these times. (laughs) I can look at his face right now. 
And um, we just had no food in the house, you know. Kayla was, it was the day before her fifth birthday and Tiffany was about two and a half. And there was nothing. And all these times, whenever we'd been, we'd been um, had no money, I'd always go run to my mum. I think she's probably still reeling. And, um, you know, or we'd, we, we, just, we were very unwise at the time and we got into a bit of debt. And there was just no food. And I needed to really grow my faith for something that was, that was ahead of us um, concerning the health of one of our children. And I was, my mum offered to give us some money. She goes, you've got a week. Because I was pregnant at the time. And um, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm fed up with going to other people. It's time for me to put my trust in God. I've got to grow in this faith because I need to, be, to have a lot of faith to get through this next season in our lives. And, I, and then she asked me again. I said, no, mum. I said, if there's nothing by 6 o'clock, I'm going to pray. If there, we have no food by 6 o'clock, then I'll borrow the money off of you. Five to six, someone brings up and says, I've made a load of chicken for church tomorrow, but there's too much. I don't suppose you want to come and take some, do you? God came through at the very last moment. And that night we ate plenty. And then not long after that, you know, we didn't have those same money worries anymore. God provided. Amen. So I just want to call up Sarah. Sarah's going to come up and she's going to share share some some things i'm going to sit down while you do that isn't isn't technology really frustrating because i had loads to say on um and it was about the, it was in the word and i believe that when you speak of the word it's truth um that's just so frustrating but do you know why i think he's done this because i actually hate reading aloud i get so embarrassed i'm actually really dyslexic and watching anybody read is like how do you do that so I'm just going to say what I need to say um I was a lover of money and my word today was about having two masters um I was a lover of money where I had a cleaning business and I had 12 girls working for me and a dividend alone used to bring in two times more than what my husband brought in, and that was just cleaning people's toilets. Um, these girls worked for me, and I was getting really flash with this money coming in, and my husband at the time was getting really, really upset that he was a teacher. He had um, gone to university, he'd got a master's, and there was me picking up my cloth and my flash bleach, and earning way more than, and that gave that made me proud, but it wasn't of God. And it says today about serving two masters, and I believe that God said to me, "You need to give this money up." And I was like, "I get five grand a month just on dividends alone. I'm not even picking up a cloth today." But God said I had to get rid of that. I was like, what? I'm bringing in good money here, Lord. And then actually, God stripped that all away two years ago where I left my husband and I had to literally be subservient to God and say, you are my provider, Jehovah Jireh. And that passion and wanting and needing more money in my account 
did diminish. It, it just it went away. And I desperately needed, I needed shopping. And even now, I was talking to Bev in the week, and I was saying, I did not want to ask my mum this last month for money. I did not want to ask her. And then I got a dog groom come in. I'm a jack of all trades, and I am not going to say master of none, because I am master of the God Almighty. So I'm master of one, not of none. And I had a dog groom come in, and then I had another dog groom come in. And it's hard doing 44 miles just to get to church because of the gas prices and the petrol and everything else. I had four pounds and 25 pence left in my account before I got paid last month. But I still came to church and I still praised our God. And I believe that I, I was praying. We, Steve and I do a food bank delivery. We pick it up from Marks and Spencers and drop it off to the street angels and food bank in our area. And I was like, Lord, I've got this idea. Um, Bev's given me this idea of um, doing something to do with the harvest. And, oh, you know, like, I don't know if anyone else is out there that loves a bit of craft, but I love to craft. Um, any medium, I will paint, I will use pastels. And I, I, it was what I made this week. And I wanted pumpkins, not to carve. Do you know, I've never actually in my whole entire life carved a pumpkin. But I wanted to have pumpkins in my display. And what was there last Monday? Pumpkins. And I've got little ones as well, which I think are so cute. But God knows our hearts and God provides. So taking away that master of money, I have to believe that my rent is going to be paid. My dogs, I've got a menagerie of dogs and guinea pigs and rabbits, but they will be provided for because I have got to do that one step of faith at a time. Because when it's all there and you're bringing in your wages and you're bringing in and it's like we're all sorted, your faith kind of does go on the back seat a little bit. But when you actually are on that step of, I don't know if we're actually going to have enough food this week. I don't know if I'm actually going to have enough fuel to get me to church. And I could easily go to some of the churches where I live. But, Kayla, I'm throwing at you again, girlfriend. <laughs> that I could not stop crying today. And that's not because of Kayla, because Bethany, you were all so gorgeous the other day when you were doing your singing. It's wonderful to see the fruit of Bev and Chris. It's wonderful to see the fruit of Tracy and um, Tracy and Stuart, and, and of the other people here. It, it's just putting our faith in God and knowing that he is our Jehovah Jireh provider. Amen. So um, I think Dan or Megan are going to come up and share something. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Dan told me yesterday, I think in the evening, oh, by the way, you're going to say something. I was like, thanks. And uh, if this comes out a bit wrong, I'm not feeling on top of the world this morning, feeling pretty grouchy, so um, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, some of you know this story. Um, there's quite a lot of you here that, that don't know it, but going back um, four, three years, four years? Four years. Me and Dan found, found ourselves in um, thousands of pounds worth of debt. Um, I'd given up work, vowed never to ever teach again because of a bad experience. Um, and all we had was Dan's wages and it just wasn't enough to cover um, the bills and provide food. So we did what most people do in that situation was take out credit cards just to be able to feed ourselves. But then those started piling up so then we'd consolidate and, and it goes on and on and we racked up thousands of pounds worth of debt which you know we kind of we look back and see the foolishness of that but we were in a situation that we couldn't get out of and um I hated the fact I have always grown up tithing and I always hated the fact that Dan said to me no we haven't got enough money to tithe because when we looked at our finances we didn't even have enough money for our outgoings. Our outgoings were bigger than our, what was coming in. So I had to kind of put how I felt aside and thought, actually, we're, we're a partnership. I've got to go with Dan's wishes on this. But it never sat right with me. And then um, I decided that enough was enough and I needed to get some money in. So I faced my fears and actually went back to doing supply work, which I really didn't want to do. Um, and I was able to do it one day a week, the, the, the day that Dan had off, so that he could look after Noah. And before I... I'd, I'd signed up, and then just before I went into it, I was at a conference with um, Mel. I don't know if you remember this, Mel. Um, and I suddenly just felt God say to me, even though Dan has made his decision about tithing, what you're bringing in, you can choose to tithe that. And I remember thinking, oh, but... And I had this chat with God in my head of saying, yeah, but the reason I'm doing this is to be able to then make ends meet. And God just reminded me that I had said that it didn't matter, I would still tithe. So I made a decision that whatever, whatever I brought in, I would tithe. And God, I just felt God say, trust me in this. And... It was literally one thing after another. So I managed to get supply work every single week without fail. Um, then we suddenly came into some unexpected money, just completely unexpected. Then uh, someone came forward and said to us, we want to pay off all your debt. So we became debt-free. And it was, it was thousands, multiple thousands. Um, we became debt-free. And then... I felt God say to me, um, it's time to go back to work. And having said to people that you'd never, ever see me in a classroom again, I just wouldn't put myself through that. I said to Dan, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe at some point in the future that happening. And then it just, it, it literally was like this, this rolling effect that I almost couldn't stop. And I found myself in a matter of weeks sat in uh, the head teacher's office having an interview, thinking, how on earth did I get here? But it's because I'd put my trust in God. And realistically, I'd been out of teaching for five years. The interview was 
awful. I mean, I wouldn't have given myself a job. But the head teacher took a, a gamble on me and she gave me a job. And that's now provided us with not only security, but in me getting that job and Dan then becoming heavily involved in, in where I work, which is obviously here, this has now also provided the church with somewhere to me and a place for, to, for us to gather, um, which of course we could have had that anywhere, but it just seems to all fit and it just seems that all that stems back to me just listening to God and going with it and saying, okay, I put my trust in you that you're going to provide and further down the line, four years down the line, I'm in a job that, yes, is really hard, but I absolutely love. I'm making a difference. Um, we're here, all of us are here, and we're living a life that back four years ago, we'd have never thought we would have lived, so. I just want to add something. Um, so when we were in debt, we were, we, it's not just about how God provides money, it's how God provides people and services to support. And I mean, there are times where we had like no money to buy food and my mum would come and see the boys once a week. I think there was one week where we had just run out of toothpaste for the boys. Mum turned up with a bag of shopping, including toothpaste. And she had no idea, we hadn't told her. So, um, but also, um, I um, knew a couple of people through work who kept saying to me, Christians against poverty, and I kept putting it off. But eventually I made the phone call and I asked them for help. And it's not just how God provides things and money, God can provide people to support you. And I'm, I'm going to say this, because if, if anyone here is in that position where they need that help with debt, I'd urge you to make that phone call to them or another organisation, because they really helped change our lives and helped us move forward with it. God is good. Has anyone else, I know it's off the cuff, but has anyone else got a testimony? My mum, come on then. You want to hold on? Shall I bring it over here? You go sit down, I'll bring it. I'll face them. Come on, get the joy of the Lord. Have you got the joy of the Lord this morning? Have you? Can't see anyone. They have. I just want to say, is it, I can honestly say he's kept me by his oh, grace. Yeah. And yeah, you know, I'm the bank of mum quite often. Oh, but he uh, always, always replenishes. Well, you're not now. But no, they don't, now, so they don't now. I forgive them. <laughs> but we, you know, I want well, to say that, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Is our strength. Yeah. Is our strength. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. Anyone else? Yeah. Anyone else want to give a testimony? Yeah. Pardon? Yes, yes, please. Yeah. Thank you. So just, I'm going to do two really little ones because it's kind of like, it's not always a big thing, but it really follows on from what Dan said about um, people um, like every week. We do put on some food, and some weeks I'm thinking, oh, I don't think I quite got enough. And then in we'll walk, Debs, I'm going to pick you out, or someone else <laughs> with like gorgeous pastries. And it's kind of like, thank you, Lord, you provided. But it, I guess I wanted to get across the fact that it is that body, isn't it? One body, many parts. Um, and then just as we were worshipping, another thing came to my mind as well, just because 
we do have that sort of practical and physical provision, but we've also got that answer to prayer provision. And at a time when we were moving house, as um, if you asked any of my family, one of my top three things that I love, they'd probably say a sunset. I also like a sunrise. And at my old house, like if I was ever up early enough, then I had to, I love it. I, I see the beauty in it. To me, I'm like, I love this sunrise. Thank you, Lord. But, you know, sometimes you've got to give stuff up. And so we were moving, and it's like, oh, these, you know, the things that you want to, that I've got to give up, Lord. But it's all right. I'm sure you'll provide, like, and anyway, this is the sunset at my new house. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. He just, he provides in so many ways, spiritually and emotionally, as well as practically and physically and financially. So I just wanted to share that. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm going to say something just quick on the theme of people as well. Um, it's been difficult. Me and Ru have had some health problems, and the pregnancy has uh, definitely taken its toll. Um, but the support, the love, the encouragement that we've had from people, especially people in the church, has been a bit overwhelming, to be honest. It's been fantastic. Um, Ru's baby showers yesterday. The love that we've seen from people, the generosity, everything um, has just been wonderful. And I don't know where Megan's gone. I think she's over the back somewhere. Megan did an absolutely incredible job decorating the place, organising everything, taking charge, getting everyone playing games. I know that everyone that went to the baby show had a great time. So, Megan, thank you very, very much. You did a marvellous job. I am definitely going to thank God as well. Um, one sec. I had a kind of realisation during the week and I got a verse um, from when I was baptised, which was five years ago now, so I should probably have a bath at some point. It <laughs> says, um, Marcia read out some verses for me. Uh, one of them was, I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And that one really stuck in my mind. Um, a lot of people will know my testimony already. Um, I've had a lot of struggle with mental health. I have OCD and panic disorder. Um, I was in hospital a couple of times and I went through just a really bad, a lot of years actually. Um, before I came to church. And the things that really hurt the most, I think, was approaching 40 years of age and you think, I'm not gonna meet anyone, I'm not gonna fall in love, I'm not gonna have a family. And those are the kind of things that made that time the worst. And I had a realization during the week that since becoming a Christian has been a gradual progression and I've now got absolutely everything that I really, the things that uh, really matter, the things I really care about. Um, we've been provided for financially as well and we're 100% certain that that has come from God. But 
I did fall in love. I have an incredible wife. I learned what it means to be a parent. I won't list qualities because I will embarrass Elijah, but if you could do a list of, God, please take it easy on me. I've got no parenting experience whatsoever, and you just wanted the most easygoing teenager in the world. And God just keeps on providing and providing and providing. And as you know, Rue is pregnant, and we will soon be a family of four with our new son. So, uh, yeah, I just needed to praise God and thank him publicly. And, um, yeah, God is good every day, and every day is good. Praise the Lord. Thank you. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimonies. You know, don't misunderstand, and um, that's not the right word. Don't uh, think that your testimony is too small or too little or it's not big enough. You know, your testimony is an encouragement for the body. Every time we share the testimony, something happens because that's what makes us overcome. We will overcome by the blood. That's the sacrifice of Jesus. And the word that comes out of our mouth. The testimony that comes out of our mouth to say what God has done. That's what makes us overcome. That's what empowers us to be children of God. I just want to share a little bit of my story. I won't share the whole lot because you'll be here for weeks. Literally. Um, talking about God's provision. And um, I had a dream. And in the dream, God said, I'm calling you to a foreign land. And your ministry is not going to be in your home country. And I remember as a 16-year-old boy waking up and think, that's really, really cool. But I haven't got no money. I've got no finance. I was still at school. Um, studying, and I really needed to, to trust God and believe God for something that, where do you start? You're a boy, your parent ain't going to pay for you to do that. You've got to be crazy enough to leave your family and leave your country, leave your peers, leave everything that you have, and leave the country and go where God is calling you to go. I just really felt like Abraham. When God says, leave the country and I will show you where to go. So I remember saying, God, I haven't got no money. On a Tuesday afternoon, and I remember that vividly. A Tuesday afternoon, I'm sitting in my church. I just got back from college. I was late to a meeting because by the time I got off the bus, walked to the church... I think the, the meeting started at four, and I think I got there about half past four. And I got there, and I sat about the fourth row to the front. Um, and we had a guest minister that day. 
and I'm sitting there, and this man is sitting on the platform from England, and he's just looking at me. And I now feel really uncomfortable because I'm late. The guest minister has got his eyes on me, and I'm thinking, what on earth now? You know, I've done something wrong, or, you know, I've come a bit late, and... And anyway, the meeting went, went on, and um, after, after, after the meeting, he, he introduced himself. And if you'd know Lindsay, Lizzie hasn't been a great people person, never has been. He probably got better in the later years. If he was here, he would say amen to that. And he wasn't, you know, even when he stayed in people's houses, he just felt uncomfortable. Um... Uh, he was never really <laughs> calling to the pastoral ministry, but yet he was so good because he was itinerant, he was always moving around. So I, I guess he could just cope with one church at a time, wherever he ministered and he would leave and go to the next place. And he came and he just, he ignored everybody that Tuesday afternoon and he came and talked to me. And he said, what's your name? And I said, my name is Christopher. And he said, do you know what that means? I said, no, it means Christopher. He said, no, um, your name means Christ bearer, carrier of anointing. This is what he said to me. And he said, we became good friends, but just long story short, the following year I came back and said, God has told him to take me to Bible college, bring me to the UK, pay everything, I wouldn't have to pay penny. All I had to go and just say, I want to do this, I want to come. Um, every year I went to Mauritius, visited my parents. He paid for the tickets. Everything just got paid for. I travel, Europe, everywhere in ministry with him. Everything was paid for. Isn't that God's provision? You know, and I want you to think about that for a moment because that's 6,000 miles. There's no connection. Okay? There is no connection, 6,000 miles. There is somebody that you didn't know. There's, there's absolutely no connection. There's nothing. Even if you're sitting here, you think, well, you know, potentially that could happen or, you know, or there might be a, uh, a chance. No chances with God. And he's able to do, the Bible says, exceedingly and abundantly above all you make ask or think. And if you are in this period where you think, and we've heard a lot of it this morning, where you think, you know, I haven't had enough food, and we've been there, and you, had a, you haven't had enough money, and you've been there. And you know, every time this situation takes place, it's an opportunity for God to do something. You know, every time there is a lack, I just really want you to take this with you today. Every time there is a lack, whether it's a lack financially, a lack supernaturally, a lack emotionally, there is an opportunity for God to do something. He never, ever misses an opportunity. So I want you to close your eyes. 
Hallelujah. In my presence there is fullness of joy. And at my right hand there is pleasure. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence. We love your church. I love the fact that we haven't got you all together. We make mistakes, we trip up. This morning your grace is sufficient. In spite of all our misgivings and shortcomings, that you chooses the foolishness things of this world to confound the wise. Yeah, you choose us in our miry clay a nobody and you make us a somebody in the kingdom. And I'll pray for every single family, person, individual in this place. And right now, I want to pray that we encounter your love in a fresh, in a new way. The love of God that passes all understanding. May it come by the Holy Spirit now and fill our hearts. Maybe you're all eyes closed and your heads bowed. Maybe you're struggling, whatever it may be in your life. And you feel you're in that sort of bubble where nobody knows. I want to just give an opportunity. All you've got to do is just put your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass anyone this morning. Just acknowledge that, um, God, I need you. I'm struggling with this. If that's you, just put your hand up. And put it back down again. Thank you. For, thank you. Anybody else? I've realized in my time as a believer that all I've got to do is be humble before God. He knows my needs already, but he just wants me to acknowledge it to myself that I just need help. I need him 
in my life. I need him to step in and and move. Father, I just want to pray for people that just put their hands up, individuals. I pray for a touch of your love. pray that you would just remind us of your grace. You would remind us that you love us, that you care for us. When we are going through the valleys, that you uplift us and carry us. Thank you, Holy Spirit.